0: Let's be honest, we all desire blessing. Every single human being on the face of the earth, whether their hearts are wicked or whether their hearts are pure, whether no matter who or, or, or they are or what they look like or what their culture is or what their occupation is it, or what who our parents were or what religion we're from or you know what we believe. It doesn't matter who we are. We all desire blessing. We all desire to be blessed. We desire to live a life where things go well with us and our families. It is what we desire It is what our hearts intend is. But where does blessing truly come from? And how do we truly find this blessing? How do we find this, pl- come to this place in life? where things go well. You see, brothers, sisters, it is absolutely crazy. If you think about this Christianity that we have or this God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, we serve because you see, when we look at all the other religions of the world, all the other religions have as man trying to draw near to this God. And we're trying to, you know, we try and build even like statues of gods. And we we try and bring these gods closer to us. And we try and get favor with these gods by by doing whatever. But the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is different in that he draws near to us. He was the one who made the first move. And of course, he's the one true God, the only God there is in reality. But he and he's the God of love and he's a perfect God, perfectly just, perfectly loving, perfectly peaceful, perfect in every way. And that means that he comes and he makes a first move by drawing near and how he does that is he demonstrates to us his love through his own sacrifice, where he says, before we even knew him, before we even had a thought, before we were even created and breathed into this world. God said before you were even in the the womb of your mother, I choose to even come out of time and die for you. Because see, everything that God has ever done for us has been planned from the beginning, before even the garden, because God knew what was going to happen in the garden. And so ye's pursuit of us has always been planned, has always been the first move. And then he tries to get our attention. He tries to show us, I love you, my son, my daughter, and I desire to be close to you. And I desire for you to be blessed. You see, my sister, sometimes it's so easy for us to just be like, We think that God is like not on our side. We think that God is like against us. He's out to get us or he's angry at us or he, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with us. He doesn't want things to go well with us. Sometimes we allow the enemy to convince us of one of those lies. But God is saying, no, that's not who I am. He has proven to us and he over and over and over shows us through his grace in our lives that he desires things to go well with us. But but do you understand what this means? Do you understand the depth of this? Because what we are talking about here is we are talking about the creator of heaven and earth, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who breathed everything we see into reality, who made you And everything you see, he is so great, so big and so incredible. The creator, right? And he says, I desire to bless you. And I don't don't know about you, but when I think of that, I'm just like, I'm like, I like come from a, from a piece of dust. That's where I come from and that's where I will go return to right when I die. Yet he looks at me standing here and he says, This is my son. And who am I please? And I desire with my being to bless him. And I actually desire to bless him so much. And I love him so much that I am willing to come and actually as the creator of the universe to come and die. For this person, for this son, for this daughter and sisters, how can we allow the enemy to tell us that God's desire is for things to go bad? Because it's a lie. It's not true. It never was his desire. However, what we do see in the scriptures is God telling us, I desire things to go well, but I need you to do some things I need you to live in a certain way. Because if you live in the certain way that I prescribe for you, this is a recipe for blessing. This is what he says. This is like the recipe for things to go well with you and your family. But if you don't do what I tell you to do, but you go the opposite way, you don't follow this recipe for blessing. But then you rather what you're doing is you're following a different recipe, one that I never prescribed, and that's the recipe for disaster. God desires us just like a father who is who's got his own household, who has children and he tells his children, boys, girls, I want you guys to do a few things because I love you and I want you to be safe. I want you to not go out and stay late out at night. I want you to come home early. I want you to not run over the streets. I don't want you to go out and play in the streets when I'm not there. I don't want you to do these things because I want to protect you. I want to make sure that harm doesn't come upon you because if harm was to come upon you. It would break my heart. It would, it would hurt me because I love you so much and see that's exactly what God is doing here. And that's what we want to talk about here now in this moment. You see, God has given us house rules. He has given us instructions that he says, I want you to follow these, whether you understand them right now or not, because sometimes like a really small child, we can give the child rules and things to follow, and the child may not have the ability to understand why we gave the rules yet, because they they haven't seen what you're trying to protect them from, right? They have a lack of knowledge in that area. And so then they're confused. But regardless, if they honor you, they're going to trust you. They're going to follow what you told them to do because of that trust. And so see, that's the same with us and God. Brothers, sisters. no matter how old you are, no matter how many years of experience you have in this life, no matter how smart you are, and no, regardless of all of these things, the fact of the matter is that God says my ways are above your ways. I know better. He is like a father who knows better and who cares for us. And he asks of us like any father desires for us to simply trust him, to trust him, even when it doesn't make sense and to do what he said, even if it doesn't make sense, even if our science can't explain why it makes sense but simply have such a faith in him that we trust what he says, regardless of what the world says or thinks. Or if the world thinks they're wiser, we will say, no, God, he must be wiser. His ways are above ours and he, he knows more. And so when God gives us his rules, he says it here in Leviticus 26, verse three. If you walk in my laws and guard my commandments and shall do them, then I shall give you rain in its season and the land shall yield its crops and the trees of the field yield their fruit and your threshing shall last till the time of the grape harvest and the grape harvest shall last till the time of sowing. And you shall eat your bread until you have enough and you shall dwell in your land safely. It's crazy because God says that if you love me, if you follow me and trust me, and if you do what I have come on you to do, he says that the rain will be in its season for you. It means that he, in other words, he will make the nature and the world around us and his creation will work for us and not against us. The rain will come in the season. The things of this world will fall into place for us, for our labors to yield its fruit. And that's one of the greatest things he says we will be blessed in, isn't that when we work, when we labor, as we should all do. That's part of life. We work for our money, for our food, for everything. And he says, but when we do that, there will be a fruit that is produced from that. It won't be for nothing. You see, brothers, sisters, because we need to understand that in the garden in Genesis Adam and Eve fell. And one of the curses were that we would as men and we would have to toil in the ground and we would have to work for our livelihood all the days of our life. Nothing will come automatically. And that's why we have the saying today that nothing in life is free. And so that's exactly what one of the curses of the garden were that nothing in life is free. You will have to work. And so we see that we sinned in the garden and we fell and there was a curse that came from that. And that curse was that we have to work. However, then he says, but now if you turn this thing around, if you stop sinning, if you start doing what I told tell you to do, if you don't commit the sin of the garden over and over and over again and think that you know better, but if you go and you don't listen to the enemy, but you listen to my words, then things will go well. Then now when you do work, you will actually get fruit that it comes from that, an abundance of it that comes from that. However, If you continue to disobey, if you continue to sin against God, if you continue to to not follow his house rules, then even the work that you do and the toil and, you know, all that will not yield the fruit that it's supposed to yield. The rain will not come in the season. You see, it's like this up and down. It's this contrast. It's like do what God has told you to do. Follow him. Things will go well. But if you don't, the opposite will happen. Things will go worse. And when we think of curses today, you know, we, we are immediately identified as something that is bad. However, we see that, you know, God says, like I mentioned, there will be curses that come if you don't do what he tells you to do. But why does God then allow something that is intrinsically bad to come upon us if he ever only desires good for us? You see, brothers, and sisters, curses in itself can be viewed as bad. However, God is so magnificent and beautiful in the way he does things that he turns even the worst things, something like a curse into a blessing and something that is good for us. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever come across someone or maybe this is even you, someone who, you know, you rebelled against God, you didn't want anything to do with God, you, you sinned, you. Did whatever you wanted, right? You lived a life that is only after your own desires and to please your own flesh and it was in at enmity with God. And then you start realizing that, you know, things just started getting harder and harder and harder and the burdens became more and more and more. And things started going wrong more and more worse. And then seven times worse and then seven times even worse. Things got worse and worse and worse until you came to a place of breaking point until you came to a place where you're just like, what is going on? God, I need you. Even though you may not believe in God, even though you may not. You say you don't believe in him or whatever. You came to such a breaking point where you're like, I have no control. I cannot fix this. I cannot turn my life around. There is nothing I can do. The only thing that, can, that I can possibly think of that would work for me is if I call on the name of God. And then we do, and we say, "Father, I cannot be a good person. I cannot live. I cannot do anything right in life. And you know, we come to this era of repentance because we understand and we come to a revelation that we don't have control. And even more so, we don't have control over the good and bad that comes across our paths. You see, brothers, and sisters, even though we think sometimes we have a lot of control over our choices and life and things. Ultimately, the way that life goes for me or for you. Many people would say it's the luck of the draw. Many will say it's just by chance. It's, you know, they call it luck. However, the Bible doesn't believe talk teach about luck. The Bible talks about blessing and curses. It talks about how things will go well if you follow God and things won't go well if you don't. And when we realize that we don't have control we seek to give our lives to the one who does, who is God. God does have control. He we, we cannot control our health. Money cannot buy health. Money cannot buy happiness. Money cannot fix everything. The things of this world, it cannot fulfill. It cannot fix everything, right? Because there are many things that only God can fill and fix. And so that's what God desires us to 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 see and understand that, yes, you cannot do these things alone. You cannot do life alone. And if you think you can, you will be greatly disappointed and it will come to you as a shock when you start seeing how many things start going wrong, even despite your best tries at doing things the way that you think seems right to a man. I don't know what you brought a sister, but I don't know. I don't want to just do what seems right to me. I want to do what is right to God. Because the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in its end is destruction. Because what seems right and what our minds think is right is often at enmity and totally on the opposite and the reverse of what is right to God, what is right when we talk about perfection. You know, when we talk about this thing called perfection, it's a high standard. It's a standard we can't easily meet. It's a standard. It means that, you know, imagine that for a second. Perfection. okay? like that means that your thoughts, your choices, your your feelings, your uh, everything you do in life, it has to be perfect, perfect. Like, Like as people, we don't even know what perfect means. We're so imperfect. What is what is our perfect is imperfect even to God. That is how holy and perfect he is. And so you see that brothers, and sisters, we cannot do this alone. And this is why you need Christ. That's why you cannot afford Even if you say you believe in him, even if you say that, yes, Jesus, you come and you take my sins, don't try. And then go and do things alone. Don't try and take control. Don't try and think that you can figure out anything in life, how to raise your children, how to uh, organize your finances, how to do your job, how to walk in the fruits of the spirit of God, how to um, unlearn your past behaviors, your sin, how to get free from sins. None of these things can be done. None of it can be done without God. You see, brothers and sisters, oftentimes we think we can do something. And I'm telling you, listen, if we think we can do anything apart from God, if you think you can even just breathe a breath like now I'm doing I'm, I'm breathing as I'm making this video and if I have for a second been thinking that I am even just breathing while I'm speaking to you guys, By my own accord and not by the grace of God and not by His power. I am prideful because I think I can do something without Him. We must come to this understanding that we can do absolutely nothing. And nothing, nothing, nothing without Him. He is so great. He keeps things together. If God can just like... If God just stops looking at us, like we'll just fall apart. We'll... Our essence, like our being, our... You know, the molecule, the, the atoms that keep us to get our skin together will fly apart if God takes his eye off of us for a second. Just think of that, brothers sisters, because that's a reality. You know that we, we know, and even science teaches us today, that every single atom is there's vibrations, everything is vibrating. And to the, on the molecular level, everything is vibrating. It's alive. It's vibrating because of something. I want to submit to you, it's the breath of God. God is continually breathing on us. He is continually giving life to us. Every breath you breathe, every step you take, every word you say, every choice you make, everything you do cannot be done except if you give it to the one who sustains and who gives life. You see, brother, sister, that's the reality. You cannot do anything without him. And you say, PD PD, we get it, we get it, we get it. But the problem is we never do. You will be going through this life and God needs to continually remind us and me and you that he is in control and we need to let him do things. Don't ever think for a second that you think you've given him and all the control, because then you probably haven't. There's always something we need to be giving up and we need to continually be asking God, Lord, what is there in our hearts? What part of our hearts is there that we haven't absolutely sacrificed to you? And you see, brothers, and sisters, it's a good example is even just this message. I prepared a whole message here that I didn't even touch. Well, when I started this video, because I just said, God, whatever you want to do. I can plan words. I can plan a, a bullet point script. I can plan whatever things I want to say. But if you don't speak, anything I say will be useless to everyone who watches. And it can even deceive because it's of me. But if God speaks, he he can totally go off script. He can totally be like PD. What you want to say is not what I want to say. and. And he can totally just do what he wants to do and let it happen. Glory to God. But the question is, is that is that what we're doing with everything in our life? Are we going in? Are we we're trying our best, right? We're, we're doing our part. But are we then going and saying, Lord, if what I'm trying, I'm doing here is totally opposite to what you want to do. Do it, Lord. Do what you want to do. I don't care about my plans. I don't care about my desires. I don't care about. Me, I don't want what I want to do. I want what you want to do, God. You see, brothers, sisters, when we do that, that is when God's hand comes and he delivers. That is when he comes with blessing. That is when he changes our hearts to be able to fill up the life and the walk of Yeshua. That's when we can truly be compassionate. You can't be compassionate on your own strength. You need to let God do it. You cannot be meek and humble on your own. You need God to be make you humble. You need God. You can't. You cannot love on your own. You need God to make you love. You cannot give. You cannot do anything apart from the Holy Spirit of God, who must enable you to do it. Brothers sisters, I want to ask you to stay, you know, what is there in your life that that you're trying to do alone? What is there that you've been trying to lock God out of? What is there that you haven't allowed God to take in his hands? Because God wants everything. man. he says, I want a living sacrifice from you. I want all of you. And I don't want you to hold anything back. He wants your whole life in his hands. And that's the best place it could be the best place you, you, you you're afraid for your family. You're afraid for this. You're afraid for yourself. You're afraid for your retirement. You're afraid for whatever it is, your job, your house, your payments, whatever it is that you're afraid of. God says, just give it to me because I'm the one who provides everything. I care for even the little birds in the tree who aren't who isn't my son, who isn't my daughter. It's it's my creation. It's a bird and and God loves all of his creation. But we are his sons and daughters. If he looks after a little bird, if he causes the grass to grow, even in the places where there's barely water. And if he nourishes this world the way he does, if he causes it to rain. How much more will he care for you if you give your heart to him? process means we're not allowed to stress no matter what. I don't know why, but I just feel like their finances is a big thing for many people this month. And, you know, I want to just say that God is saying, I don't care what your books, bookkeeping says. I don't care if it says you're in the red. I don't care if it says you've got debt. I will provide. Look at today. I will provide each day and you will have enough. Each day, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow yields its own worries. But let look at today and see how I provide for you today. Brothers, sisters. that is what we need to see. We need to trust God. See, if we can't trust God in this area, how can we trust him in keeping of the commandments in the rest of our life? Because one of the greatest commandments is for us to love God. And the way we love God is by trusting him and by because of that trust, listening to him and obeying him and God commands us to not worry. Right? He, he says, do not worry. You're not allowed to worry because if you worry, it's unbelief. Unbelief is sin. We're not allowed to have fear. We're not allowed to worry about these things. We are supposed to trust him. Just like you are when you're with your, when you're under your father's roof, right? You're not going to worry about things that are his to worry about. When you're a child, you don't worry about if there's going to be food on the table uh, or whatever. That's your dad's job, right? But what if I told you that it's the same way today, that it is the father's responsibility for uh, to provide for us as long as we are in his home and under his roof and doing our responsibilities, keeping his commandments, obeying the rules of the home, if you will, as long as we're a child who honors his father and who who doesn't, you know, dishonor him and do whatever we want and and, and do our own thing. No, but if, as long as we are obedient, he will provide and our God is able. He is. He, he owns everything. He is able. And see, brothers, sisters, even if we are, you know, maybe you say, well, PD, you know, this is all great and well, but I feel like I haven't been obeying God's rules. I feel like I've been, I have been that, that son, that daughter who has been away, who has been doing his or her own thing, who hasn't, didn't want anything to do with God. And, Brothers, sisters, let me just tell you this. It's, if you understand that. And you come to your father with that heart of repentance of saying, Lord, I'm lost. Like I said in the beginning, these when we come to this understanding of, you know, sometimes we need to fall into a pit before we ever look up, before we ever see God, before we ever see how who he is. Sometimes we need to really fall into a really deep pit first. And so God says, if you just. Just even if you've been gone, no matter how far you've been gone, no matter how much sin you have, no matter how much mistrust you've had in him and whether in big or small, it doesn't matter. He says this, he says in Leviticus 26, And yet for all this, when they are in the land of their enemies, if you are far or from God, I shall not reject them, nor shall I loathe them so as to destroy them and break my covenant with them, for I am Yahweh their God. Then I shall remember for the sake, uh, their sake, the covenant of the ancestors whom I brought out of the land of Egypt before the eyes of the nations to be their God. I am Yahweh. You see, Yeshua says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, you who are who labor and are burdened. In other words, you who work and toil, you who do your labor, but you are still burdened. You who do uh, the work, but you don't see the fruit for your labors. You who has have this curse on your life because you have disobeyed God, because you're far from God, because you have sin, you who don't. Who, who think that you don't know God or who think that God doesn't know you, you who think you have no relationship with Him, I come to me and I will give you rest. Right? He says, I will give you rest. I will let you have shalom, no matter what, the con, what it looks like around you. When you truly come to me and you put your trust in me, there will be a peace that surpasses all understanding that will come upon you and you will know that I have paid for every debt whether it's from this world or whether it's from out of this world every debt I will sell because I died for it and so god comes in the form of yeshua in the flesh right jesus in the flesh and he comes and he says yes i there's all these curses that can come upon you if you don't follow me yet i come also to you and i present to you Peace, if you come and you take off the burdens that you've been carrying, and you give it to me, and you stop sinning, you stop doing and going your own way, because that's what it means to follow Him, right? Come unto me. When we come unto Him, it means we repent from our sins. It means we give our sins and place it upon Him, but it also means we stop doing them. It means we stop. We walk as He did. He says, "Whoever binds me ought to walk as." He walks. So if we're going to follow him, come to him, it means we stop sinning. We walk as he did and he never sinned. He walked in holiness. And so then, brothers and sisters, then we can find true peace and fulfillment and and, and all the things that are of blessing. And then we will have this relationship with God where we're like the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is on my side. He is and not only on my side, he is with me, he is in me, he's through me and he is backing me. He can see my blind spots when I don't prepare for something, he prepares. He's been preparing before he, I was even born and he's not surprised by things that come upon us, mistakes that we make or anything. He just desires us to give him our hearts. And when we do that brothers and sisters, then we will be satisfied. We'll be filled and we'll be joyful of joy. And So I invite you this day to ask the father, Lord, what is it? What is it in my heart that I'm still holding on to? Because if you're stressing and if you're fearful and if you're disobedient to his laws in some way, whatever, perhaps it's because you don't trust him because it's perhaps because. You don't think he can provide? Perhaps it's because you feel like you need this control. You think that you need this sin. You feel like you need this whatever. Maybe it's the Sabbath day. Maybe it's because you're you don't want to. You you're breaking his Sabbath every um, week because you don't believe he's going to provide on that day. You know, or maybe it's because you're addicted to pornography because you think that 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 pornography or that drug addiction or that addiction to alcohol is the only thing that's going to be able to help you from your pain, your trauma. You see, you don't trust him then because God says I will give you rest. That means that, yes, you think that these other things can can fill you up and make you feel better. God says you think money and that can help you. I am the one who gives true rest and my rest doesn't just last for a morning or for a few hours or for a moment my rest is continuous if you live in him if you can live in this place in this relationship with him where you're continuously resting in him you're continuously like at this peace with him because you have given him your heart and you've given him authority over your life brothers, sisters, then we can live a life of true freedom, true freedom. You see, brothers, sisters, many people say you think, oh, yeah, no, no. God just took us out of Egypt, you know, took Israel out of the slavery of Egypt just to put them in slavery again with these laws and these instructions. But we don't understand that in keeping them in walking like Yeshua, Jesus did and and following him, there is the greatest freedom that nothing on this world can get you such a freedom where imagine a life. Listen to me. Imagine a life free of worry. Imagine a life. I mean, that's free of fear and all these things. I mean, that sounds like heaven, right? It sounds like this kingdom, this kingdom of heaven that we're going to go. And we think, oh, you know, that should that'll come one day and one day. What if I told you that it's not necessary to worry? It's not necessary to have fear. It's not necessary to do this life alone. God just didn't die for us to get into um, heaven, if you will. He died. So we can start living in a place, even on this earth, that is like heaven on earth. Where we, because this is the life then, that will be a testimony to the nations, where they will see us, they will say, Why are you so incredibly blessed? Why are you so blessed in the fruit of your labors where you work just six days and you truly rest on the seventh? That Sabbath day, even though the world works, the world is doing working hard seven days a week, whatever else, and we take a rest like God said. And yet he blesses us even more than the world is blessed. You see, God doesn't work the way we think. We think more work equals more blessing, more hours in the day equals more blessing. God says, No, that's not how it works. It's I'm the one who dictates blessing. I'm the one who puts the money in your bank account, the food on your table, the breath in your lungs, the protection over your home. Everything you can imagine. It's from him. It's not your employer who pays you. You God, if God is not there, your employer is not there, for to pay you. You, th- it's like Yeshua when when he was with Pilate, and Pilate says, "Do you know who I am? I have the power to kill you, and I have the power to set you free." And what does Yeshua say? Jesus, he says, "You think that you have the authority, but the authority doesn't. Really, no authority has been given to you except that which was given by God." That means if God gave it, God can take it away in a moment. That means that God is the one who all authority belongs to. And so, brothers and sisters, I ask of you to come and ask the Father to possess your life, to possess you, to fill you to the brim this season with His Spirit. We're coming up to the Feast of Pentecost. Ask Him to fill you so much that you can start manifesting the heaven, heavens of God, the God of heavens, his Holy Spirit, let it be manifested through us into this world so that they can see what is it? What is this light? What is this light that you possess? I want some of it because that's what's going to draw people close to when they see the peace that you live in, even though it looks like chaos in your life, even though it looks like everything is going wrong. In the moment, but you know that God has the power to split the sea, even though Pharaoh is just 10 meters in chest or just 10 feet behind you. You know your God and you know he is a God who saves. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would come and restore trust. Help us to trust you in the deepest things, Lord. In our finances, Lord. In our families, Lord. In our decision making, Lord. In Everything you place on our hearts, big and small things every day, come and guide us. Lord, I ask for you to pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, I ask of you to come and move upon us, Lord. Let the world see that what is this hope that is within us so that we can tell them the truth. Lord, I pray, Lord. For you this week. Lord, we give up all every burden right now. Every stress, fear right now. In the name of Yeshua, Lord, we command every stress and fear and burden. Lord, I command it to be lifted from your people right now. In the name of Yeshua, every burden, every stress I command you, you will no longer hold any authority over the people of God. But Lord, I command every burden and stress to be lifted in the name of Yeshua right now. Lord, I thank you for fear to be absent in your people. And I thank you, Lord, we will be in con- walk in confidence. And we know because we know who you are, Lord, and we trust you and we love you. And you love us even more so. And we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for everything you bless us with in the name of Yeshua. All right, guys, I hope this teaching has blessed you. Please share this video with someone who may need to hear how we don't need to carry these burdens alone and how God desires to actually bless us in all we do. He is a good father. Thank you guys so much and I'll see you guys in the next video. Shalom and blessings.